Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Castle Crestview. Just kidding. That was uh, okay. That didn't. Go, that didn't. Uh, if you've not noticed. We have converted the inside of our church to a medieval castle. And that is because Vacation Bible School starts tonight at 6 o'clock here at the church. It'll run nightly through our commencement on Thursday night. I look forward to it. I, I've had lots and lots of wonderful people um, working with me to get everything up and going, and it is going to be a fun time. Um, if I've talked to you and you're helping, uh, try to be here by 6.15 tonight. If I've not talked to you and you want to help, that's fine. Come on out. We'll take all the help we can get. Um, it would. It, it's going to be a good time. Um, there will be no regular Wednesday night service this week due to VBS. Uh, Tuesday night during BBS, the men will be working out in the building, uh, working on getting the storage building ready. So if you can come out and help for that, if you're not already working with VBS, uh, Terry and Whitey and the guys would be greatly appreciative of that. Um, also, um, right after church today, we have to do a few final touches to get uh, things ready for Bible school tonight. So if you want to stay and help for that, one of those things that we're going to need is some strong people to help get this uh, pulpit and stuff moved from the front of the sanctuary. So if you want to help for that, uh, just stick around for a few minutes after church, and uh, hopefully it won't take too long. Um, Jim, wherever he's at, has he has something to tell you about finance. And after that, I'm going to turn it over to Pastor Artie and uh, just encourage you to let's focus on the Lord this morning. Just want to let everybody know that the uh, proposed church budget for the 23-24 year has been filled out and printed and we got copies out there on the vestibule on the little desk. It's not going to be voted on until our next business meeting in August, but I want to give everybody a chance to look at it, get you a copy, check it out, see what you think. Give us any feedback if you think there's something we need to change or address, and just want to let everybody know. We're required to give at least a two weeks notice, and I'm giving you almost a month, so just go check it out. Thank you. Good morning. I hope everyone's doing well. And just let you know, we know it's hot in here. We are not doing this on purpose. There are air out in this end of the building is not working and they're having to relace, replace a coil and it has been ordered and hopefully it'll be here. They, it should be here, be installed tomorrow morning. Installed tomorrow morning at eight o'clock. So those of you that are working VBS, hopefully, and Nancy. Guys, I can't tell you what it's like working in there by noon in there in that office, it is hot with no air circulation. So hopefully all that will get taken care of tomorrow. But I also needed to make you aware of, uh, yes, we are doing deacon elections. Nominations have taken place. We did have four that accepted their nominations. Um, their names were announced last week. But Chris Sanders has withdrawn his name as a candidate for deacon. And for very good reason, and it was a difficult decision for Chris, but we needed to make you aware of this. 
His mother's health, Ms. Reba Strickland, is continuing to worsen. In fact, he was not here last Sunday because she had fallen, and she's fallen Saturday and again Sunday, and then she's fallen since then several times. So, uh, but she ended up having to get stitches um, Sunday evening. So uh, he has withdrawn his name for consideration at this point. Um, and it's a very difficult decision, but we understand and we pray. In fact, Wednesday night, we prayed for, for Chris and his family. Um, and I'm going to tell you, it's a very humbling and powerful thing when you are surrounded by God's people and they're laying hands and praying specifically for you. It is, it is something that is very humbling. But uh, we appreciate Chris for considering this. But that means that our... And trade slide through these slides. Nick Barcher, Dan Branham, and Doug Pittman are our three candidates. We are filling two deacon positions that will be vacated by Jim Kinder and Jim Humphreys at the end of August. And they will be taking office, two of these men will be taking office in, uh, in um, September. Doug and Dan shared their testimonies last week, and after I pray, I'm going to ask Nick if he would come and share his testimony before we open in, uh, before we open our service with our call to worship. But at this time, if you'd please join me and pray. Our blessed Heavenly Father, we come before you, humbly bowing before your throne. Dear Lord, we are gathered here today for one purpose, and that is to worship our Savior to worship you. Dear Lord, I know that it's warm. I know that it's hot. And I know that it's uncomfortable. But dear Lord, the conditions do not matter. All that matters is you and the life-changing strength of the Gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, I've said this many times and I continue to be amazed by it that, that you knew before you hung the stars and the sun and the moon and the sky, before you formed the earth, before you breathed life into Adam, you knew that your creation would reject you. And dear Lord, you had a plan even then. Before you spoke that first word, you had a plan. And you created us anyway, knowing that we would reject you. But you had a plan to redeem us unto you. And that plan was for Jesus Christ, your only son, to come and walk on this earth with us. To shed his blood for us. And buy us and take the penalty of sin from us. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for the death of Jesus Christ, for the fact that He was laid in the ground and for three days He was there until He rose again. And dear Lord, now we are waiting for Him to come again with the shout of the archangel and the blowing of the trumpet because You promised the same way He went away that He would return. Dear Lord, that is why we are here today. To worship Him because He alone is worthy of honor and glory. As Nick shares his testimony, as Sandra and the choir lead us in worship, 
as Chad speaks to the children, as Pastor James comes and, and brings the message for us today. Dear Lord, whatever it is and everything that is said and sung, may you receive all the glory for it. Have your way with us today. And it's in the holy and precious name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, we pray. Amen. As Nick comes, we will be doing our deacon election next week. We will hand out ballots at the beginning of the service, collect those ballots, and announce it at the end of the service. So next Sunday, we will have our election. So normally, I don't stand in front of the mic. I hide up above. Um, I'll start out with a thank you. So thank you to everyone that nominated me. I appreciate that. I'm honored by it. And I'll, uh, I'll say that I fooled you again, you know? <laughs> no. Um, I didn't turn out this way in isolation. So I think maybe my testimony is about community, brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, Dan likes to talk about discipleship. I think that's a great way to, to phrase it. Um, you know, I... I was saved early on, and that wasn't necessarily about me. That had a lot to do, I would say, with my grandparents. The, the model they set for me, the, the way they spoke to me and, and shepherded my heart kind of thing. My grandmother, especially early on, was a great influence on that. And she was there when I was saved at a very young age. Um, my parents always gave me very wise counsel, I would say. Uh, my dad is a very rational man most of the time and uh, helped me really ration through the word and, and, and build a strong foundation. And so by, by the age of 10, I'd been baptized. Uh, you know, that was in St. Louis, and we moved to Charlotte, North Carolina, and I had other influences in my life uh, while we were here. Um, my wife is a huge part of my life. She's probably hiding and not looking at me right now. Uh, <laughs> and, and has encouraged me to strengthen my walk and be more active in my faith. Um, I, you know, and it, it's funny, two of the people at this church that probably have the biggest influence on me are fellow nominees in terms of Doug, who uh, leads my Sunday school class and just, I don't know, he's spoken into my heart the whole time we've been here, and Dan, um, is a big influence on me, whether he knows it or not. Um, so the, the other thing I think is important to share is sort of my statement of faith, so to speak. And uh, I try to keep these things pretty simple, one, so I can remember them, and also so that I don't have to struggle necessarily with deep theological issues. The, the center point of my faith is fairly simple. So you start out with Ephesians 2, 8 through 9, and because I'm an AV guy, I get to put things up on the screen. Uh, <laughs> I, didn't I kept that one secret from Dan. I didn't tell him he should do that too. Um, so Ephesians 2, 8 through 9, uh, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and it is not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Um, and that one's been important to me because Early in life, I think I, I have not gotten over the struggle, but I struggled a lot more with pride. And so I was always very proud of, oh, I was saved in an early age, or oh, I don't sin like that person does. And 
meanwhile, that pride, that sin, that stumbling block was there, and it took me a long time to really get over that, not to say that I'm fully <laughs> redeemed from that uh, struggle. Uh, and then there's the Apostles' Creed, and I know we don't do a lot of responsive reading here, and so maybe not everybody's familiar with the Apostles' Creed, but I did pull this from the Billy Graham Evangelistic uh, Association. So, I believe in God the Father, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who is conceived by the Holy Spirit. I may say ghost up there. That's a that's a my background versus Baptist uh, fra phraseology kind of thing. Born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, ghost, the Holy Catholic, that is universal. No, that's not big, big C Catholic, little C Catholic the universal church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Um, and there's a link, too. You can look that up on uh, Billy Graham's website. So I would say, well, you probably can't make a wrong vote between the three individuals left. Uh, if I were voting, I'd pick the other ones because uh, they, they're wise enough to be speaking into my heart still uh, as I raise up seven young people. Um, but I just ask that, you know, I guess next week we'll be voting. Before you vote, make sure you're praying for wisdom and that uh, the Lord's will be done as we go through this process. Thank you very much. We have two wonderful, great privileges this morning. One, we get to come to church. We get to praise our Lord and Savior, our risen Lord and Savior. And the other blessing that we have is we get the opportunity to spread the gospel. We can spread it through our voices and singing. We can spread it through our actions. And we can spread it through uh, word of mouth with giving and supporting others. So what an honor and privilege we have to be here today. So let's stand and sing. Bless that wonderful name. Would you stand?
Let us pray. Heavenly Father, what an honor we have to give back to you just a small, small portion of what you have blessed us with. So I ask you now to bless this gift, bless the giver, use it for the upbuilding of your kingdom. For it is your name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand again and sing 576. Take the name of Jesus with you. 576. camp with me this week to come up and I have Izzy and Sadie and Susie who am I missing Jimbo oh there's Betsy that's the other one I was missing don't look at me like that all right I wanted to give these guys an opportunity to share anything that they <laughs> Take this, Nick. Is this okay? And they don't, I told them they didn't have to talk, but I wanted to give them the opportunity, if they wanted to, to share anything special or anything they may have learned at camp. So we're going to start over here, and I'm going to start with Betsy. We're going to go this way, and then I'm going to share something with you. Nothing? Mm -mm. Okay. Um, I like that I spend time with my family and my friends. Nothing? I learned that God can see our hearts. He learned that God can see our heart. Thank you for that. So, um, if you don't know, last weekend, uh, we went on a short weekend camp uh, with uh, these four plus one more. Uh, Jimbo is not here today. Uh, we went to Gardner-Webb for Century Kids for the weekend, and we learned what it meant that God can see below the surface, Right? And so does anybody, does anybody remember the memory verse for the week? I'm going to put you on the spot. Does anybody, did anybody learn it? Memorize it? If I started, I bet you guys remember it. It was, humans do not see what the Lord sees. For humans see what is visible, but the Lord sees the heart. 
1 Samuel 16, 7b. And so we learned, over the few days, we learned what it meant to have a pure heart, right? Remember that? We learned about what it meant to have a pure heart, a trusting heart, and a what? What was the last? A what? Humble heart. Did you learn humble heart? We learned what it meant to have a willing heart, right? To go out. And I really saw these guys grow. Um, they were really tired. Um, for a young group, I'm, I'm glad we decided to do a weekend camp because they would have been passing out after day three, I believe. So they were dragging around, wondering, like, we'd get up and we would get at lunchtime and they'd be like, when is it time to go to bed? <laughs> and I'd be like, guys, you guys have a long way to go before bedtime. And... Um, and so I never had any problems getting my kids to go to bed, but I think, Miss Laura, I think the girls run around wild the first night, right? Did you run around wild the first night? That's what I heard. But I just wanted to thank you guys in the church who gave and were, uh, made it possible for us to take these guys to camp. We do have a week schedule for the, first, uh, the second week in the summer, but you're going to hear about very soon as we start raising money for uh, camp next year for these guys and for our youth. So uh, I just wanted to give these guys an opportunity to speak and thank you guys for what you do supporting our youth and children. All right, you guys can go sit down.
Last year, about this time, uh, a gentleman had been trying to get in contact with me, and uh, I had been running all over the place, and when I got back uh, from a trip to Florida, I uh, was able to catch up with him and then spent the next two weeks uh, spending almost every day with him, and so I've got to know him fairly well, and he actually spoke last year on a Wednesday night here, um, but before I introduce him, I would like for you, if you've got your Bibles, turn to Acts chapter 1. If you have been paying attention to my sermons and paying attention to what's been happening the last few weeks, we have been preaching about making disciples, about getting outside of these four walls and going out so we have actually had, so far, a couple of missionaries come and speak to us. Uh, the missionaries that are going to, to Japan, um, that will be leaving soon to go to Japan. And then last week, Stephen Hogg spoke with hands-on missions. But I want you to look at this, and I want you to stand as I read this verse. Acts chapter 1, Verses 7 and 8, and it's not going to be on the screen, so you don't have to, don't look up there, just listen if you don't have your Bible. It's also in the bulletin if you want to see it there. But it says, he said to them, it is not for you to know times or epochs which the Father has fixed by his own authority. We are not going to know the time that Jesus is going to return. But then look at verse 8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all the Judea, Samaria, and even to the remotest parts of the earth. Jesus told us what we are supposed to do as disciples. 
of Jesus Christ in Matthew chapter 28. To go make disciples. But here Jesus is telling us that we're going to receive power through the Holy Spirit. And that we will be His witnesses. Not only where we are, but everywhere. Even to the remotest parts of the earth. Thank you. You may be seated. But we do have the privilege to have my friend. I'm going to try to do my best. Pastor James Webere Mwangus from Wetwana, Uganda, East Africa, come to speak with us this morning and share his ministry with us. And I'm going to tell you this. Pastor James is begging for American Christians to come and help minister to the Ugandan people. So Pastor James, you come and share what God has laid on your heart. Good morning. I'm very grateful to be here this particular morning. Thank you for welcoming me. I want to appreciate Pastor Adi, the wife, for receiving me. Last year, he gave me a good time, a ride, and a lot of things for two weeks. Even this year, he's been very gracious to me, picking me, taking me around. So I appreciate that. Thank you very much. I also want to appreciate Dan and the wife. We've been communicating. They've been supporting our ministry. Thank you very much and praying for us. God bless you so much. I also want to appreciate all of you people. When I came here uh, on Wednesday evening, some people prayed for us, supported our ministry back in Africa. That was awesome. Thank you, and thank you very much. Uh, my name's, as Pastor said, um, Pastor James Wabwile Mwanguz. Uh, my ministry is Zion Life Change Ministries. It's in the town of Mitiana, Uganda, East Africa. Uh, I think uh, I have limited time but I want to use it conveniently for uh, this morning. Uh, can I begin with the sermon? Can I begin with the ministry? Okay. Uh, let me show you a little bit about my ministry, then I'll go into the sermon. Yeah. So that's our ministry. I'm going to be a little bit quick because of the time. Uh, in my country... I speak for two hours a sermon. If you don't speak for two hours, people don't feel that they have been preached to. So it's different with here. Yeah. All right. 
So if I don't preach for two hours, people will not know that the pastor preached. So we always have a service for three to three and a half hours. So I'm going to squeeze and use the real time that you were supposed to use. Uh, so this is my ministry. I'm going to be a little bit quick. And the address, another slide. I want to, uh, to present to you a little bit about what we did from last year up to now. Another slide. That is our church in Mitiana, and that's the new land that we bought, an extension of our church property. We had four revival conferences since I left. Those are the conferences. Another, uh -huh. that, is, that was the last conference we had. It was a revival conference where about 60 people got committed to Christ in the conference. That we have two schools. That is our little children's school in the class. That is our teenager school when the children are in the class. We, are, we started these calls in 2003 uh, in a remote area where children had no opportunity for education at all. So uh, we started education to them. We bring them near the school and we feed them two meals a day. So that is the feeding time. That's always joyous time to the teens down in Africa. Uh, when we started the school in 2003, they were walking 70 miles to come to school and go back home. So we started building them some small houses near the school so that they may live near to us. So uh, we were able to finish the girls' house first. And then when I went last year, we have been able to finish the boys' house this year. That's the boys' house in their house. Th those are the trucks offloading materials when we are constructing the boys' house. We were fixing glasses over there. Uh, those are very many words because of time. I just wanted also to, to, uh, to communicate that uh, we have a bower hall, we have a fresher water hall, but it is serving the entire community right now, not only the school. It was meant for us, but it ended up serving the entire community. Yeah. So these are children from the community also coming for the water at our school. Uh, we have been uh, doing this school ministry for 20 years now. But we came to realize that some of the children, after completing our schools, they know how to read, they know how to write, but they could not live by themselves. So we started skilling them. We teach them how to make shoes, and when they complete our schools, they'll be able to do those skills and earn a living. Yeah. So the, they, now they are training them to make us shoes. Uh, we started with the flip flops. Yeah. We also teach them carpentry, how to make chairs, how to make tables, 
and we plan also to do more and more to these children. We want these children to be self-reliant. Yeah. They are very busy making chairs, and some of the chairs they started with making, we are using them at our school in the office. Uh, that, that was just showing about sports and games and the playgrounds down there. I got a certain donation, so I took some pictures when the children were joyous. We enjoy soccer down there in volleyball. Uh, in, in order to provide education in my country, the government needs some minimum requirements. So the minimum requirements, these are the ones I put down there in order to do school ministry very well. Let's go to the images. That's very technical. So uh, a good school in Africa is supposed to have all of those facilities that I put there by the government and by the Minister of Education. It's supposed to have a, a girl's house this side and latrines outside. The other side, boys' house and the latrines. We need to have a church or a chapel where children go for, for worship. It's supposed to have a laboratory. There is a laboratory building. There is a library. There is an examination building where they sit their national exams. We don't sit national exams. We don't sit at the final. We sit national exams, not school exams. So we, those are the buildings, the facilities that the government wants us to have if we are to do school ministry. I can't explain everything because of time, but that's the minimum requirements. Right now, we, are, uh, we have a, a girl's house, we have a boy's house, and we have a classroom block, which is not yet completed. We need a laboratory, and we need uh, an examination hall. That requirement came after COVID. They never wanted us to sit children in other schools because of COVID problem. Yeah. We had a Christmas children's party. Those are the children, over 250 came for the Christmas children's party. With this, we get the opportunity to share with them the scriptures, Christian songs, and other stuff. Uh, that slide also shows some churches in the rural areas, in the remote areas, uh, which we, are, we try to help to see that they get shelters. Many churches in remote areas don't have good buildings. Yeah. Uh, basically, my heart, before I went into school, was on evangelism and conferences. So uh, we still have uh, that commitment to preach the gospel even to the remote areas to harvest souls for Christ. So our church has a mission of 4,000 souls harvest in different areas. In Africa, when you make a crusades and conferences, very many people come on the crusades because not very many people in Africa uh, ride, have cars. So they are walking on the streets. So when you get out of the church, you sing Christian songs, you dance, you share the scriptures, people will come and they will know Christ 
and they will get committed to Christ. They will believe and accept Christ. So that's what we are believing, and God will enable us to do that. Yeah. I also put there some urgent prayer needs. You can pray for us that we complete our classroom block, uh, we construct our laboratory, and uh, then our examination hall. You pray for our monthly teacher salaries at school. You pray for our children's food, because we feed these children daily. Some of the children that we have are children of refugee people, people who came from civil war countries and settled in the remote areas where they depend on subsistence farming. Yeah. Some of them are single mother children. Others are children who are orphans because HIV AIDS at least killed. There is no family that, that never lost people because of HIV AIDS. So HIV struck a lot of families in Africa. So leaving some people, some, some children with no people to help. So these are most of the children that we help. Yeah. The, so we also have rural church construction support and open air crusade support. So please, we call upon prayers over that. And we also invite you uh, to come to Africa. As pastors read uh, Acts chapter 1, uh, that was been seven and eight, that uh, we need to be uh, Christ's witness in Jerusalem, Samaria, Judea, and up to the ends of the world. Please think about also witnessing Christ up to the ends of the world. Think of praying for us, and God will bless you so much. Take a step of faith and visit Africa, and see everything physically, not on the screen. And then you'll have uh, a testimony, you'll appreciate, you'll have another mindset. Yeah, so I invite you, please, to come over. Yeah, don't only stay in America. Things are different in America. Come and test other differences, even down there. Thank you very much. That's a little bit about our ministry. I have not explained very well, very thoroughly, because of time. But that's a little bit. Thank you. Let's pray for the sermon. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for the opportunity to stand before your saints, redeemed by your precious blood. I pray that the Holy Spirit may speak through me and Father, take us to another level. We, we welcome you, dear Holy Spirit, in this service. We welcome your presence, welcome your guidance. Speak to us live. Thank you for this wonderful word that is going to change our life, that is going to move us from one level to another level. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right. I'm going to speak from. Uh, I'm going to be. I'm going to speak from. Uh, I'm going to begin with John chapter eleven, and I've already asked Pastor Ari, who will be reading for us. Uh, we'll be reading some verses, then I preach. Some verses, then I preach, little by little. So uh, John chapter eleven. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to use the topic. Uh, saying that uh, God, 
No situation is beyond repair. That's my topic of the sermon. Then, Pastor Ad, you can read. Uh, maybe you can start with the 15 verses. Yeah. This is what happens. The Bible says Jesus was a friend of Lazarus, was a friend of Mary and Martha, but he got sick. This is what we can learn as a church. Being a friend to Jesus may not hinder problems and challenges to come our way, may not hinder problems and challenges to come in our families. Lazarus and Mary's house were friends to Jesus, but Lazarus became sick. Sometimes when we fall into problems, into challenges, we try to doubt that is really God loves me? Am I really loved by God? It is true. God loved this family, but problems came, sickness came. But in the few verses, I will yet tell you what happens when problems come to people that God loves. Let's continue reading. Okay. okay. Thomas, therefore, who is called Didymus, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go that we may die with him. So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. 
Martha, therefore, when she heard that Jesus... Can you guys turn this mic on, please? Martha therefore said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother shall rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me shall live even if he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I have believed that you are the Christ, the Son of God, even he who comes into the world. Okay, pause a bit, Pastor. Amen. Uh, the Bible says, Lazarus became sick. They sent for Jesus. Jesus never came in the time that they wanted Jesus to come. Sometimes, as believers, as Christians, we face challenges. We think we wait for an answer from God in our own time. But when even God has his own time, they waited for Jesus. Jesus never turned up. They kept on waiting. And when Jesus came, the Bible says, Martha told Jesus that if we were here, our brother wouldn't have died. They waited for Jesus to help heal Lazarus. But Jesus never turned, and they lost hope. They thought that Lazarus is gone and is gone. But with God, no situation is beyond repair. Lazarus became sick to the extent that he died. The sisters lost hope. The Jews lost hope. People lost hope, but there was still hope in God. We go through different situations and circumstances. Health situations, family challenges, and a lot of challenges. But in all situations, we always need to keep believing God. We need to keep trusting God. When God shows up, situations get better. There is no situation in life that can never be repaired by God. We serve a mighty God. We serve a wonderful God. We serve an omnipotent God. When we trust him, when we believe in him, he can change, he can repair any situation at all seasons in the name of Jesus. They thought that their brother had already gone. He's already in the tomb. But Jesus had a plan. And when he came, they said, had you been here, in case you had come, our brother wouldn't have died. Jesus told them, stop speaking that. Don't you know I am the resurrection? I am the life? When I come, the dead can resurrect. When I come, the sick can be healed. When I come, the weak can be strengthened. I am the, the resurrection. I am the life. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a God who is all in all. We have a God who is strong. We have a God who you cannot measure. It's incomprehensible. He is from everlasting to everlasting. He is from eternity to everlasting. We can't fashion his ability. He's a mighty God. What we need as a church is always to invite him 
in our life. He's always to invite him in our churches. He's always to invite him in our ministries. He's always to invite him in our nation. When we invite God, God will repair any situation. There is a, the, sometimes in our situations, our children may, may not do exactly what we want them to do. We may find that our families are going a different direction from the direction we want our families and children to go. Sometimes our nation can take another direction, can believe in the wrong beliefs. These days, here in the United States, even in Africa, different strange teachings are coming. There is a lot of bad stuff which never happened a long time ago. People are struggling to be transgenders. National prayer days just a few people than the gay pride days. Bibles are being burnt in institutions. People value different stuff than the word of God. Families that started with God are going away from loving God. We can think of such situation and we think it has, be, it has gone beyond. Maybe it is now beyond the repair. But this is what I believe and trust when we read the scripture. That though our nations are going astray from God, are chasing Bibles from schools, no longer value Christian morals. When we pray, when we trust God, God can repair the situation and take us back to the foundation of the Christian morals. There is no situation that can go beyond repair, even in our families, even in our ministries. They said our brother had, has died. If he were here, you would have resurrected him. Jesus showed him, don't speak in the past. When you see me, I am the resurrection, I am the life. I can bring all things new again. They said, let the pastor read it, read it again. And when she had said the, this, she went away and called Mary, her sister, saying secretly, the teacher is here and he is calling for you. And when she heard it, she arose quickly and was coming to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in a place where Martha met him. The Jews then who were with her in the house and consoling her, when they saw that Mary rose up and quickly went out, followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. Therefore, when Mary came where Jesus was, she saw him and fell at his feet, saying, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would, have died, would not have died. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and was troubled. And Jesus said, Where have you laid him? They said, Lord, come and see. And Jesus wept. And so the Jews were saying, Behold, he loved him. But some of them said, Could not this man who opened his, the eyes of him who was blind have kept this man from dying? Jesus, therefore, again, being deeply moved within, came to the tomb. 
Now it was a cave and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, remove the stone. Martha said, Martha, the sister of the deceased, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be a stench, for he has been dead four days. Jesus, Thank you, Pastor. Pause a bit. Uh, this is what happened. Jesus asked them, where did you bury? Where did you put Lazarus? They said, they directed him. He went to the tomb, and he told them, can you remove the stone? They said, he is stinking. Sometimes our situations may be stinking. But no matter the situation is a stinking, we have a mighty God who can repair the stinking situations in our families, in our ministries, and in our nations. What we need as Christians is always to believe and trust in the Lord. They told him, he's there, but he's stinking. That's why there is even a stone on the top to guard the stinking. He said, no, remove the stone. Ladies and gentlemen, we need always and always never to give up. We need always to trust in the Lord. Every situation, whether it is stinking, whether they have diagnosed you with cancer, always believe God that cancer can go. Always believe God. Whether you have bills, whether you have what, we always need to believe God. We have a God who can change the stinking situations to a very good smelling situation. He told them, take out the stone. They took out the stone. And the Bible says when they took out the stone, he never feared the stinking. We serve God. The Christ we have fears not the stinking situations of our nations, of our families, of our lives. He's very strong. The Bible says they removed out the stone and they called Lazarus. Lazarus. And the Bible says, the one who was dead four days came up. Wait a minute. Time is taking me very quick. Let me explain this. Uh, Lazarus had been in the tomb for four days. I read a certain book, and someone was explaining that some of the neighboring tribes around Bethany had the courage of belief that a person could not die not until he is four days in the tomb. So that was their courage. So Jesus wanted these people to know God's glory, to know how powerful God is. And he stayed for more, he stayed for more days so that Lazarus could be in the tomb for four days. So that when a miracle is done and Lazarus is resurrected, all of people will believe, even those who are the culture, that someone is not dead, not until four days dead, they will also believe that this is real God. So he stayed there for more two days to make sure that people understand God's glory, God's power. Ladies and gentlemen, we serve a God who can do beyond and above our expectation. We have a mighty God. We have a wonderful God. For four days in the tomb, even the cultural and the traditional beliefs were put, under, were put down. 
And all the people had to believe in the power of God. The Bible says in Acts chapter 1 verse 8 that you will receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. The church has power. The Christians have power to make miracles, to make the dead things come back to life. When we invite Christ, when we believe in Christ, all things are possible. All the situations can be repaired. The Bible says he called upon Lazarus. He said Lazarus and Lazarus came back to life. And God's glory was manifested. It is my prayer that we believe God, we trust in God, and the more we trust in God, we call upon him, our situations will be repaired, will get better and better and better in all seasons. Allow me, Pastor, just a few times to read for me First uh, Samuel chapter 30. Just give me little time. I know my time is almost getting finished. First Samuel, yes, chapter 30. Yeah. I had a couple of verses, but let me maybe give you this. Chapter 30, yes. Just give me a few minutes, I'll be done. Yeah. Uh, verse 1 to 20. It's supposed to be 1 to 20. Yeah. 1 through 3 or 1 through 20? 1 to 20. It's supposed to be 1 to 20. But maybe I'll speak others. You read a few, then I'll speak okay. others. Yeah. First, Sam First Samuel chapter 30. Then it happened when David and his men came to Ziglag on the third day, and the Amicalites had made a raid on the Negev and on Zildag, and was overthrown Ziggag and burned it with fire. And they took captive the women of all who were in it, both small and great, without killing anyone, and carried them off and went their way. Mm -hmm. Continue a bit. Okay. Mm -hmm. And when David and his men came to the city, behold, it was burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters had been taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him lifted their voices and wept until they were no strength in them to weep. Now David's two wives have been taken captive, Ahinoam, the Jezreites, Ritus, and Abigail, the widow of Nabal, and the, the Carmelite. Moreover, David was greatly dis distressed because the people spoke of stoning him, for all the people were embittered, each one because of his sons and his daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Then David said, Abathar, the priest, the son of Amalek, please bring me the ephod. So Abathar brought the ephod to David, and David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue the band? Shall I overtake them? And he said to him, Pursue, for you will surely overtake them, and you will surely rescue all. So David went, he and the 600 men who were with him, and came to the brook Besar, where those left behind remained. But David thank you, pursued... Thank you, okay. I'll speak other verses because of time. Here, in these few verses, the Bible narrates us a story when David came back to his town, and the town had been raided, burnt, and his wives... And uh, the properties were taken away by the Amalekites. 
The Bible says the many cried because they had lost their wives, they had lost their children, they had lost their properties. They cried and cried till evening, but nothing happened. Then the Bible says they wanted to stand David because they felt furious about David. And the Bible says in such a situation, David strengthened himself in the Lord. In all circumstances, the church needs to learn to depend on God, to trust God, and to strengthen themselves in God when situation is a bitter. The Bible says when he strengthened himself in the Lord, the Bible says he inquired of the Lord, can I pursue the Amalekites? Will I overtake them? They had raided the city. They had run away. They had disappeared. He didn't know where they had gone. But when he strengthened himself in the Lord, when he trusted in the Lord, the Bible says, and inquired of the Lord, thou told him, please and please, follow them. You overtake them, and you restore whatever they have taken away. The Bible says, he got his army, his men, they, they fought the Amalekites. And the Bible says, he found them camping and rejoicing, and he had to beat them, he overcame them, he restored the wives, he restored the children, he restored everything that they had, that they had captivated. We serve a God who is more strong when we trust him. When we depend on him, they came raided the city, took away everything. But when David developed the, the ability to strengthen himself in the Lord, to trusting in the Lord, when he developed the faith in the Lord, and he heard from the Lord, the Lord told him, pursue the Amalekites. Pursue the army. You will overtake them. You restore whatever they have taken. This is to us as a church. Maybe the devil has taken our children away from us, has taught them others have gone into drug addiction. Others no longer want the church. I am very grateful. This morning I've seen some children in the church. Some churches have entered here, they have no children in the church. They have no teenagers in the church. The world has taken the children, the world has taken the teenager, the church has no hope for the future. But even if the circumstance is like that, we can still pursue, we can still believe in God, we can still trust in God, and God can, let, and God can restore whatever the enemy has taken away from the church. We serve a mighty God. Lazarus, when he died, though he was stinking, when they invited Jesus, Jesus raised him up. As Jesus did it that time, the Bible says he is the same today, yesterday, and forever. We serve a God who doesn't grow old, who doesn't change. What he did a long time ago, he can still do it in our life. We have a mighty God. We have a strong God. We need to invite Christ in every situation that we need. God bless you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Pastor James. And I want to ask Sandra and, the, and, and Joanne to come up.
We do serve a mighty God. And I'm going to tell you something. All the Bible classes, all the theology classes that I set, set through in college and, and while I was at seminary, they, no one, not one single one, brought out this point. God is bigger than our stinking situations. Isn't that awesome? God is bigger than our stinking situations. Pastor James is completely correct. Our God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He will not change. He will not grow tired. And Jesus Christ is in the saving business. The life-changing business. So as we sing this invitation hymn, this is the invitation right now. That if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you don't know the Jesus that can heal the sick, cause the blind to see, can raise the dead, and can change your life. Let me introduce you to him today. If you are here and you know him, but you have lost sight of that power, come, pray at the altar. Sit, kneel where you are, and pray that God will restore the power in your life. Whatever it is that God is dealing you with you right now, don't leave this place without taking care of that. So as we sing this song, that is your invitation. This is your time to answer God. Would you stand as we sing hymn 559, Rescue the Perishing.
Pastor James. Ginger, would you go with Pastor James out um, and out to the front? I'm going to ask Terry. We are going to take up a love offering for Pastor James on our way out today to help build the buildings. I don't know. I know uh, Dan and Celeste are aware of it, but uh, that property he showed next to the church. They had been praying about obtaining that property, and it went up for sale. And they bought that property right next to the church for $6,000. I was asking him on the way to church, I said, how much does it cost to build a complete building? And he said, fifty dollars or $60,000 to build a school building. Less for one that doesn't have that's just an open area like the main hall, but the one for the laboratory with the classrooms and stuff, it's about fifty dollars or $60,000 it would cost to build that building complete from ground up. Man, can you imagine what kind of schools we would have here if it cost fifty dollars or $60,000 instead of multi-million dollars to build anything at our schools? But that's what he's doing. And I ask that you give as we go out from this place. Cash, check, we'll let you know if you want to write a check, to who to write it to. Don't write it to the church because we're going to give it directly to him. But uh, on your way out, pray about what God wants you to do. Also, we do need help uh, moving everything up here. Maria, if you want to make sure that we don't put anything wrong back where it goes wrong so uh right after the service we're going to do that don't forget tonight six o'clock until thursday six o'clock until eight thirty at night is our vbs we will not have regular services wednesday night um, but you're welcome to come and join us at six o'clock on wednesday night and and sit and just talk with ch children and be part of their opening ceremony and their worship but thank you for being here, and I'm going to ask Whitey if he would come and dismiss us in prayer. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for this day you've given us, and thank you for the opportunity you've given us to come into your house and learn more about you and learn more about the ministry that uh, Brother James told us about today in Uganda. Lord, we just ask that you would be with him and you would bless them and you would help them along the way to be able to, to further their ministry, Lord. Be with each person here today as we leave this place. Lord, just anoint us all that we will go out into the world and tell more, more people about you. For Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen.